How great is our mighty God. Well, I've asked a couple helpers, people who are really dear to me, to come up and help me with something. And I'm just wondering if some of you feel like this. Okay, maybe you've been blowing bubbles. So kids, show us how this works. Got a couple. Here's a few. All right. Now, what happens to bubbles? They always burst, don't they? And that's what we see here. You know, my kids love bubbles, but they never last, do they? And maybe you've been living your life blowing bubbles, and they're fun for a time, but it's not lasting. There we go. It popped. Okay, you guys can go to your children's church. Thanks for being a part of my ministry. <laughs> You know, um, this whole truth about our bubble bursting has come home um, in a more important way in our, in our lives, in our family's life of recent. Uh, my grandmother's 86 years old. She lives in New Brunswick. And um, she's really had deteriorating health of recent days. And um, so much so that she's moved to an apartment and she's had to sell her house that uh, she's had since 1967. And if you can just picture that, you know, uh, 40 plus years of, of living in one house and gathering all these things. And, and my grandmother's a type that she loved to collect all sorts of collectibles, such as, you know, uh, dishes and carnival dishes and Royal Dalton figurines and all these, these beautiful things that when I was a little kid I knew that I couldn't touch, but I always had some admiration for. Well, now that she's moving to this smaller place, she's having to get rid of those things. And uh, just a couple weeks ago, she sold the house. Uh, Her family is around, and they decided to have a garage sale. And um, Grammy would would, uh, write a price on on each item, and, um, you know, close maybe to the price that she had purchased it for, and and, uh, guess what would happen? My parents or her other children would come alongside and mark it down. And it was just so dis disconcerting to her to see all of these valuable things that she's had that had to be sold or, or given away. And so maybe you're feeling that way. You have been striving towards things, things that are, you've been thinking were very valuable in your life, bubbles that you've been created, and now the bubble has burst. Maybe it's been working for a company for so long thinking that, you know, this bubble is going to be great. You're going to have a great pension and everything's going to work out for you. And guess what? It's gone. Maybe it's, you've been, you've been working your life to, to have a great family and putting truth into their lives, bringing them to church and they just have it panned out as you thought and your bubble burst. Maybe, maybe you've wanted that job, young, young person, you had your heart set on something, and it's gone. Bubbles burst. Maybe it's been um, some other kind of relationship, some friendship that you had poured yourself into, and the bubble burst with them, too. Our bubbles burst, don't they? Our hopes, our dreams, 
things that we've been pouring ourselves into, and sadly, they don't last. I actually think that if you, if you look at our lives, and I want you just to take a few minutes to examine your own life, that probably you've, you've been trying to get ahead, you've been trying to, to gain, you've been trying to add profit to your life, in probably three different areas. You could probably categorize most of your actions in one of these three areas. The first is our giftedness. Often we use our, our gifts, our God-given abilities to try to get ahead. could be in the workplace, could be in ministry, it could be in your neighborhoods, in our families. We use those gifts, our talents, those abilities, those experiences to try to get ahead. You, you might have a gift of encouragement, you might have a gift of help, you might have a really ability to get, get grass numbers or, or, or language. You name it. Maybe you've used those things to try to get ahead and now the bubbles burst. Another category is knowledge. One of the things I, I love about this church is um, I see a lot of you are, are ones who really strive to grow your minds. And a lot of you are readers. And as someone said, leaders are readers. They, they're always trying to, to get more knowledge so that they can stay ahead of the curve. And yet we realize that the bubble can burst even with knowledge. Uh, maybe a third category is our, our discipline, our sacrifice, our hard work, however you want to call it. You know, we, we've been thinking... Like the model that I had when I was a kid in public school, in McNaughton Public School in Chatham, Ontario, our, our motto was hard work, hard work leads to success. And maybe you've, you've really grabbed hold of that mantra. And so think about that. Maybe you're striving. Maybe your efforts to get ahead. Maybe that effort to blow the big bubble is in one of those three areas. Well, Today we're going to find answers from God's word. And so I'd, I'd encourage you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, verses uh, 1 through 3. This is a famous passage. Often we, just, we read it at weddings and it's so nice. And the couple's standing there and they're not really listening, you know, as I read it. But there's some great truth in here. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. If you don't know where that is, just look in the front of your, your Bible, table of contents, and look for 1 Corinthians, and then jump to, to chapter 13. This is what Paul says. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, we've been trying to increase our profitability, nothing's lasting. And so we think, well, if we just put more effort, or if we just, we just use this giftedness, we speak with the tongues of, of men and of angels... But have not love. I'm only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. We can have great passion for God. We can have great emotion for God. We can speak, speak very prophetically, but we do not have love. Prophets is nothing. Verse 2. If I have the gift of prophecy... Can you imagine being like Billy Graham to speak forth the truth? To be, able to, to, um, to be able to speak to thousands and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ? Maybe you're doing that. Maybe you're sharing the truth with others. You're, you don't hesitate 
in declaring what you know to be true. But it says here in verse 2, if you have the gift of prophecy and you jump ahead, but have not love, I am nothing. And what about if you can fathom all mysteries and all, all knowledge? I mean, think of all the mysteries that are out there. Here's just a few from Donald Williams who talks about, well, why am I here? Why do we want things to make sense? God isn't there, then why is the world there? The universe is just matter and energy evolving by chance. Why is it bothered to evolve at all? Why is it the universe already run down into a pool of useless entropy? And why does it behave so consistently? Why does the universe make sense only up to a point without God? Why does that fact bother us? There's a lot of large questions looming out in, in our minds and in this culture. And I know that you have answers to many of those questions. But just because you have the answer doesn't mean that it's going to profit you. It's going to turn out N in the end to bring any gain in your life. That's what Paul says. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, you might be a college grad, but I think you know all. Actually, I found after I graduated from college, and the further I got away from college, the less I knew. I'm still learning that. Maybe that's why I'm working on my doctorate. It's just a continual, I guess I don't know very much, so I need to learn more. But have not love, I'm nothing. That's what it says, Paul says. And here's this really arresting statement in verse 2. And if I have a faith that can move mountains, if I can move Kilimanjaro, with my faith, I trust God for so much. I'm, I, I see in this tough times, this recession, God's going to bring us through. He always has. He always will. If I believe like that, or if I have uh, love, I am nothing. Do you know what that word nothing means there? It means a big fat zero. Nothing. And then verse 3. If I give all I possess to the poor, if I continue to be faithful in giving that money to those compassion children that we learned about last week, if I dole out all of my money, if I see all the needs and say, oh, here you go, here you go, here you go, I want to help this person, looking for ways to help every person you can, but have not love, profits me nothing. In fact, even if I sacrifice, surrender, I decide to say, as Paul says, surrender my body to the flames. Just like many Christians have done in the past and are doing at this very moment. They're rotting in prisons. They're, they're awaiting execution just because they say they follow Jesus. You can do all those things, but if you have not love, Paul says, I gain nothing. I profit nothing. Now that, that's a pretty amazing statement. Paul says today to you and I, the Corinthians back then, that he wants to show us a more excellent way. If you look at the, the uh, verse, in, just prior to those verses that I read in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, it says, And now I will show you the most excellent way. This is the most excellent way to live. You know, the Corinthians um, had come out of a very wicked culture. There was lots of sexual morality. There was a lot of idol worship, lots of confusion, lots of religion that really went nowhere. 
And as they struggled through that and they interacted with Paul and he, he, he dealt with all sorts of questions with marriage and idol worship and divisions in the church and lawsuits, after all that, he comes to the conclusion, even after talking about gifts, he says, I now want to show you the most excellent way. And so if we could summarize what the most excellent way is from those three verses in, in, a, in a sentence, it's simply this. Work alone doesn't profit. Love does. Work alone doesn't profit. Some of us are realizing that our bubble has burst. Our work alone. We've been striving. We've been trying to please God. It's failed us. It doesn't last. Only love does. Well, why doesn't work profit? Why doesn't work profit? Well, work doesn't profit because gift, our giftedness can be noisily annoying. That's how my life is sometimes. When I use my gifts, not motivated by love. Um, one of my gifts is administration. I tend to be organized almost in, in everything that I do. And um, when I bring that gift home, and at times say, Lori, this is how we should do this. And this is how you should do that. And you know what? If, you just, if we just cut some quarters here, you know, we could become a lot more efficient with our time. Man, that's been a heavy burden at times. Not for me, but for her. Can you relate? Maybe it's you using your gift in a different way. Maybe you've used the gift of hospitality. And you thought, I'm just going to serve other people all the time. And yet, you're not serving your family at home. And they feel like they never see you. Or maybe you're using your gift of helps. And you're, you care for so many people, but you're, you're doing it. Not based out of love. And there's others around you that feel that. I don't know. Think about that. It can be a noisily annoying. Profits you nothing. The bubble burst. Work doesn't profit also because knowledge can be nothing but hot air. It can be like two little children on a stage blowing bubbles. Uh, if you turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, Paul, Paul makes this clear in a very succinct way. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 1, the last part of the verse says this. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. It's like hot air. Many times our knowledge can just, can just puff us up. But love builds up. So the question before us is, all those efforts to build more knowledge into our life, to, to even study God's word more, is it just knowledge? Is it just information? Or are we driven to love others and to apply God's word? Work doesn't profit alone. Because, thirdly, discipline and sacrifice might gain us nothing. And that's what Paul said there. It's such, a, it's such an amazing statement. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, profits me nothing. Did you know that we can be rebellious by being very good? 
We can be rebellious by being very good. We can do all the right things, but not be in right relationship with God. We can sacrifice. We, could, we, can, we can say, I'm, gonna, I'm going to actually go to the wall for Christ. And ultimately, at the end of the day, profits us nothing. See, God's math is different than our math. I think all of us in this room, I know my, myself, maybe I'm just preaching to myself, but I've tried the works and the faith and the knowledge. And God's math, I've discovered, is different. Works minus love equals nothing. Zero. Big fat zero. Knowledge minus love equals zero. And faith minus love equals zero. I had Harry Grant after the service hand me a piece of paper, and he wrote down this, this formula, and he had little sad faces beside each one of these. But then he gets to the, the happy face, and that's what this is. Work plus knowledge plus faith. If all those are added together with love plus love, it equals profit. I can prove this to you to be true. And I say, John, I I don't quite get it. Well, think about this. Um, Let's say uh, I came home to my wife, Lori, and I said to her, you know what, Um, Lori, I'm going to help with the household chores. I'm going to um, help with with the kids. Uh, I'm still going to provide for you, and I'm going to give you all the resources you need that I can uh, cover your expenses but I don't love you anymore. How do you think that would go for for me? How do you think that would go for her? Would that be acceptable? Absolutely not. Transfer that to God. Say, God, I'm trying to serve you more. I'm trying to, to do more things for you. I'm trying to get more knowledge about you. I'm trying to, to trust you more. If I do all those things without love, there's no profit. Profits mean nothing. Paul makes that pretty clear in another passage in Galatians 5, 6, where he talks about the New American Standard, faith works through love. Faith working through love. Work means to, to get, that word work there means to, to get energy from. And so literally you could translate it this, faith is energized by and through love. Faith is energized by and through love. Our works can only be energized by and through love. Our knowledge should only be energized by and through love. Work alone doesn't profit. But love does. And why does it? Here's, I think, the simple answer to that. Love profits because it's not about you. See, love profits because it wants and does what is best for the other person. New Larson defines it as that. He says, love is doing what is best for another person. That might mean sometimes doing tough love. That might be doing soft love. It might be speaking the truth. It might be withholding an unkind word. It's doing what's best for another person. 
And if we transfer that to God, we always need to do what's best for him. That's to whom real profit is, is aimed at. It's God first, then others, and also you. Now some of you may say, John, this is all good and nice, but what about food on the table? Well, I want to tell you that that loving actually still puts food on the table. You loving God, God promises that he will take care of all of your needs. Not all of your wants, but all of your needs. See, when we love God, God always reciprocates that love to us. We demonstrate that love to others. He, he takes that and he, he uses it in our lives. I mean, think about it. If you were an employer... And you had to make a choice about two equally competent people. Which are you going to choose? The person who's the grouch or the person who's loving? Hands down, it's the person who's with love. So when we love God and demonstrate that to others, God reciprocates that love and provides for us. And work alone doesn't profit. Love does. See, Abraham Lincoln said, you can fool... You can fool all the people some of the time, and some of the people all the time, but you cannot fool all the people all the time. I would add to that. You can fool God none of the time. I want to tell you a story that I read from a really good book called The Prodigal God by Tim Keller. And uh, it's a story about a gardener and a nobleman and a king. And it goes like this. Once upon a great time, once upon a time there was a gardener who grew an enormous carrot. So he took it to his king and said, My lord, this is the greatest carrot I've ever grown or ever will grow. Therefore, I want to present it to you as a token of my love and my respect for you. The king was touched and discerned the man's heart. So as he turned to the go, the king said, Wait! You are clearly a good steward of the earth. I own a plot of land right next to yours. I want to give it to you freely as a gift so that you can garden it all. And the gardener was amazed and delighted and went home rejoicing. There was a nobleman at the king's court who overheard all this, and he said, My, if that's what you get for a carrot, what if you gave the king something better? So the next day, the nobleman came before the king, and he was leading a handsome black stallion. He bowed low and said, My lord, I breed horses, and this is the greatest horse I've ever bred or ever will. And therefore, I wanted to present to you as a token of my love and my respect for you. But the king discerned his heart and said, thank you, and took the horse and merely dismissed him. The nobleman was perplexed. So the king said, let me explain. That gardener was giving me the carrot, but you were giving yourself the horse pretty convicting. Today's all about motives. We realize that we cannot fool the king. 
king of kings. And so I ask you, what are the motivations behind your actions? What have you been trying to profit in? What have you been doing that you've realized now the bubble is bursting? God loves us so much, he'll burst the bubble. Because he wants all of you. He wants all of your heart. Work alone doesn't profit. Love does. Let's pray. Father God, help us to understand this truth. Maybe it's a reminder for some of us. Maybe it's a fresh new thought for others. Help us to get to the point where we realize that everything that we need to do is based out of love for you. Thank you for Jesus who demonstrated his, glo- his great love for us. He is the Messiah. He is the King who discerns our hearts and he came to shed his blood and he's the ultimate example of that love. And if we're followers of Christ, Lord, I pray that you would help us to follow in his way. We pray in his name. Amen. Work alone doesn't profit. Love does. That's really a summary of the method of the gospel. You think about it. We believe that there's nothing that you can do to work, earn, gain merit, gain profit for yourself, to gain right standing with God. It had to be done for us. And what was the motivation for what God has done for us? By sending his son Jesus down to earth to show us how to live out of love and to die on a cross. It was based on love. Romans 5, verse 8, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So this is part of how we believe, how we come to be called God's children, To actually recognize that truth. That work alone doesn't profit, but love does. And that love is centered in Jesus Christ. But it's also how we're supposed to live our lives. And so this table is welcome for any of you who are doing that today. Who are saying, I cannot work anymore. I cannot try to please you anymore, Father. I have to live with my love, motivated by love for you. And if you have trusted in Christ, and if you have loved Christ, then you're welcome to partake. If not, today could be the day of salvation for you. Right now you could say, I surrender my life to you based on love because you have loved me. Give give your life to Christ. You will never regret that. You will never regret that. Work alone doesn't profit. Love does. Love changes everything. It's changed our lives. I never told you, though, what, what's the profit? What do you gain? What's, what do we actually get? Well, later on, 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says this. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. The real profit, the real reward, the real gain is we get to see Jesus. We get to be with him for all eternity. 
starting now. So my challenge for you is to no longer be motivated by self and motivated by other reasons, knowledge, works, faith. Be motivated by love, and all those other things will fall into place. You will change your life. The king knows. He's looking for men and women motivated by love. Are you going to be that one? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this message. We thank you for this truth. We thank you for Jesus, most of all, for how he has, he has revolutionized our lives. Motivated by love, he died for us. And Lord, if we're followers of him, then we need to do so too. And yet, Lord, we recognize that your word clearly says in 1 John that love comes from you. We can't do this on our own, so we're asking that you would help us to so that we can, we can truly love unconditionally, without expectation. We thank you for that. We're trusting you for it. And we pray in your son's name. And God's people said,